Welcome to the Immigrant Dilemma. Thank you so much for listening. Today we have Brendan Kamor Thari with us from the Master Talk on YouTube. So, do you want to talk about your YouTube channel? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Anik. So, uh, Master Talk is essentially a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. Started in my mother's basement uh, with a with a phone and no budget, and then one thing led to another. My production got better. I got better, and here we are today. That's awesome. We all started from there. Me too. I started from my parents' basement, and I'm not where you are yet. But <laughs> since that, you're having a lot of views, and it's really working amazingly for you. That's great. Um, do you want to share some experience on like how you started, what works or not? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. So, so when I started university, the last thing on my mind was to be a YouTuber. That's definitely for sure. Much, much like a lot of, I guess, the immigrants who have probably immigrated to the, your country, whether it's the states or the U.S. or Canada or any country, uh, we're not too worried about creating content. I guess we're more worried about how do we get out of poverty and provide a better opportunity for for people mm-hmm. after us. And and I was no exception to this rule. My parents immigrated in the 1990s from Sri Lanka. I, I was born and raised in Montreal, so I speak three languages: English, French, and Tamil. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up, it was it was a it was a challenge in the sense that uh, I went to a French education system without knowing the language. So my whole life, not only was I uncomfortable with this idea of presentations, I had to give them in a in a language I didn't even mm-hmm. know. So so the last thing on my mind was to be a YouTuber. But then when I went to university, I did these things called case competitions where I presented for fun, essentially. I did it competitively. So I presented 500 times, coached dozens of people on public speaking. And then after I graduated from university, I kind of just asked myself, what more could I do for the world? And that's when the idea for this YouTube channel came to be. I honestly thought it was a stupid idea for the first couple of months, but I think the advice I have for people is if your content is serving somebody, if it helps and they tell you they need it and they watch it, you don't need a million people watching your stuff. You just need the right hundred the right thousand people and if they're all loyal to what you're doing you're probably doing something worth doing mm-hmm. it's definitely you need to target your audience definitely that would be the the first key to any online business youtube or instagram social media and stuff it's really to have a targeted audience um that's great me i'm in digital marketing so i i know all this stuff something that really interests me is um coming from an Im- immigrant background myself so i would say for the maybe the new Uh, my new audience was listening to that podcast. I'm from Haiti and I immigrated here when I was um, a teenager with my parents. So uh, coming from an immigrant background, was it difficult to tell your family you wanted to be a YouTuber? Like I know some immigrant families, they have like four jobs that they take uh, <laughs> they take seriously. Was that difficult for you? Was it a challenge or no? No, that, that's a very interesting point of starting this conversation off. I, I think the way that I see it, especially with my immigrant mother, and culture that I came from. I think the strategy we all need to take is we need to build trust incrementally. So what does that mm-hmm. mean? It means saying, I, I'm going to get this education, I'm going to do this thing. But then when I start to make my own decisions, you need to trust me that those are the right ones. So obviously mm-hmm. my mom, when, when I started the YouTube channel, the reason she was so supportive had nothing to do with the YouTube. She thought it was a crazy idea. The reason she supported me is because I made the right decisions my whole life. I never came home drunk. I never did bad stuff. I never got into alcohol. I never made any bad decisions. So even if those decisions are different from the culture where she comes from, she looks at me and says, well, I trust you to make the right decisions because I've always trusted you to make them. But if you build the wrong trust with 
your parents and you don't follow the rules, you don't do the right things, well, obviously they wouldn't support you. Why would they? Why should they? Because mm-hmm. you never listened to them and you never took care of them. So I think the key here is to be empathetic to understanding the traditional values of the culture that in which your parents came from and merging that and finding a middle ground with the modern values that we have in the immigrating country or the country rather that we're born in. Mm-hmm. And that's the dilemma we're all facing is really trying to find that balance between respecting our parents' culture or the tradition and mixing it with the modern views that we have into our new country. Let's just put it like that. So um, do you have any um, any tools you want to share with the audience today? Like you mentioned, yes, to build that trust, but maybe you had the perfect personality for that. Um, some people might be struggling with um, building that trust. They might think it's just not worth it or or just they don't have the tools to build this trust. It might be difficult for some. Do you have any any um, skills you want to share that that's like a must for us to have for building that trust? Like I don't know if you're really understanding where I'm going with that, but um, I know you might just have the perfect personality for this situation. Yeah, I guess it helps that I'm a communication yeah. expert. But I, I think what I what I would say to people is I think the number one tip is understand you never have the right answer. You know, it's it, a lot of people, and I'm sure you cover this in other episodes. They 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 think of life in in black and white, but they don't understand that everything in life is gray. So, for example, if you say, if I tell you, ah, Nick, this is what you should be doing with your life. This is what you should be following. You're going to be skeptical. You're going to say, well, I mean, your advice doesn't apply to everybody and everything, as if you're some sort of god or something. It doesn't make any sense. But the opposite is also true. If I tell you this is wrong or this is not right, you're going to think the same thing. So I think what we need to come to an agreement with, if especially if you're someone who's mad with your parents, like I was in my tens, <laughs> you know, I was 15 or 17. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess I matured a lot faster than most people. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the idea is there's always a perspective that is correct. Because remember, whenever tell somebody tells you something, even if you don't think they're right, they believe they are right. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first step to understanding is figuring out what's right and what's wrong. So I'll give you my analysis of the situation. Mm-hmm. The, and, every, and the answer is going to be different for everyone. I really want to push this. For, for me, like if you compare myself to my sister, the way that we examine culture is very different. So she's a lot more traditional than I am. She, she took a lot more about like films and movies and she consumes a lot of that from her original culture. But there's things that she doesn't like either. Like she's not a fan of like, you know, arranged marriages or the fact that, you know, women don't have as many rights in the original country versus the immigrating country, Mm -hmm. like Canada, for instance, where women have equal rights to men. So I think the key is to find the balance of the two. So in my opinion, my interpretation is there's a lot of what my culture is and I don't agree with it. And I'm always open to those conversations with my parents. But there are also things that I completely agree with that I think is ridiculous why we don't do that in Western society. So an example that I can give is Asian societies are a lot more collectivist. So that means we work in groups, we live in groups. Whenever mm-hmm. somebody has a, a new kid or a new child, it's not just the mother taking care of them, it's everybody. So the person has less stress and they're a lot more happier. Whereas mm-hmm. in in Western society, let's say Canadian, American, European cultures, uh, not all European, but uh, some situations, yeah. it's you're mostly raising it alone. It's more of an individualistic culture. You leave the house at 18 and uh, you fend for yourself and you have to, the journey of life is to figure out everything on your own. So mm-hmm. 
is is there one right or wrong side here i don't think so i think it's more about saying what's right and what's wrong so the, the good thing about collectivism is that we're all working together it's a team but the bad thing about collectivism is you tend to value everyone else's needs but not your own but yeah. an individualistic culture where in america or something you care too much about yourself so that when you get older you might do things like you know you might do the same thing on your kids you might kick them out at an earlier age so mm -hmm. i think the key here the summary of my thinking here nick is to find the middle so for example i am someone who puts my needs first above all others but at the same time my number one objective besides making master talk work is to take care of my mother i would never put her in an old family home i think that's really bad i would never do that and I think that's really saddening people who do that. So it's about finding that middle ground. I think I, I hope that helps. <laughs> but yeah, that's my thinking. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because the right and wrong is different depending on the point of view that you have. And what the chance that we have on our side is that we have the opportunity to choose what's right for us in one culture and what's right in the other. We, we get to choose what we want to keep, what we want to removed in our journey like so that's amazing we just have the choice so choice for us could be equal to freedom correct me if i'm wrong on that that's how i see it so for really what you mentioned here is just you chose what was right and wrong for yourself and maybe if i take your sister as well as an example she chose what was right and wrong for her and none of us are wrong here it's just the way she sees it the way you see it the way i see it so I think that's what's beautiful is because we just have that chance of choosing. That's, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I think the, the counter to that is you're right. For, for people like us and Nick and, and my sister, I guess, in this situation, this example, freedom is, is freeing you know, because of these choices. But for a lot of people in society, the freedom, the ability to make more choices is also a prison because they don't know what to pick. So before yeah. in like the 1950s, and I'm not saying those times were better, but times were less confusing. You know, the yeah. man did something, the woman did the other thing. And then, you know, we, we would learn to like each other, not really love each other. And But we would knew, we know what the rules of the game are. We all know we're all going to heaven or hell, depending on what we do or depending on what your religious beliefs are. So even if there was less choices, there was also less confusion. Whereas mm -hmm. today, there's a lot more choices. So for the people who take the time to choose, their lives are much better for like for yeah. people like us. Yeah. But for those who don't take the time to reflect and choose, they're actually a lot more miserable because they don't know if what they're picking is actually the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, um, what I think personally for the people that are like they have too many choices and they might get lost and they don't know what they want and it's harder it's because we're so used to the by the book even though we're having that choice now but it could get better in other generations after us uh, because we're, we're still used to knowing what to have to do every day we're so used to that path so when we're trying to go and find our way on our own terms we're still having the back of our head that someone should tell us what to do so like that would be my journey it's like right now i just became super strict i'm like i'm choosing this no more question about it i have yeah it just makes my life easier because before i was questioning i was like okay i'm choosing that why and then this week i feel like i'm all about this choice and then next week i'm like no you know what i don't want to change like <laughs> i'm using my mind so i had to teach myself to like choose that so the only difference between the older generation like you mentioned they had like 
um, like ABCD, they had things to do just because someone else was choosing for them. So the way I found my balance was like, I am the one choosing that for me and I'm going to be strict about this and not questioning myself in five, five days. So I, th- I think that's the beauty of it. Like on, really on my perspective is that I am the one who's choosing what I want to do and I'm going to keep that instead of having someone else choosing it for me and telling me to keep this. Do you, do you see the, the fine line here? I, I absolutely do. It's this, it's this I, idea yeah. of as long as I make choices that make sense to me, And exactly. I'm making those decisions. It gives me clarity. But if someone else starts making them for me, I get frustrated. Exactly, exactly. And then I keep it. I stick to it. Because I think, especially like our generation now, we, we don't stick to things. We, That's we true. Have that, that I think the biggest challenge that we have, and also on the immigrant side, especially the children of immigrants or um, the children who immigrated at the early age, stage of their life, they're facing that that like we need to stick with this like you yes you can choose whatever you want but we need to learn how to stick with it and that's what our parents had they just knew how to stick with it but the choice was coming from someone else <laughs> no i i absolutely love that and i completely agree it, it, it begs this whole idea that like let's say you take someone like lebron james who's like a very mm-hmm. famous basketball player most people just say oh he's a basketball player but is he really just a basketball player right he's mm-hmm. a he's a father he's um, even if nobody talks about it, he's a he's a husband he's yes. he's the he's ceo uncle. of a big media company now so mm-hmm. so it's this idea that there's there's no black and white there's only gray just most people don't want to look into the gray exactly exactly and to go back to the idea of building trust so that there'll be another question for me like when we face someone who's seeing trust as a black and white because sometimes you want to build a trust and yes you need to have like amazing communication skills and patience as well you need to be tolerant and patient to like really teach someone else what you want and like the way you see life but here my question when you're building trust is that if you're struggling with someone who's seeing trust as a black and white like it has to be a or b they're, they're not in that gray zone do you have any tips Um, you can share but that's like did it happen to you like because it's easy to build trust with someone who's in the gray zone with you they're open-minded and then they're thinking they're trying their best to be empathetic as well but when it goes one way that's when it's hard it's like the other person is being strict on their point of view and they're not open-minded enough to understand your side and be empathetic that's where the struggle is <laughs> uh, absolutely i think it's a beautiful question so so there's different layers to that but obviously i'm not the expert here but i'll give it my best shot here so so the way that i think about it is different conversations for different people so let's say in in my personal case with my family so my sister's very open-minded to new ideas because she's born here my mom surprisingly is very open-minded too my father was as well but on on certain topics they weren't So mm-hmm. let's say, for example, uh, marriage, you know, chances are, uh, I don't want to comment too much on this, but chances are, let's just say they, they wouldn't be too happy if I got married with someone outside of my own ethnicity, yeah. right? Yeah. Things like that. That's a good example I can give that probably a lot of people can relate to. So mm-hmm. I think I think the way that, that we want to start building trust with people that not many people do is asking open-ended questions instead of closed-ended mm-hmm. ones. So let's say, for example, we're having a conversation, me and you, and we're trying to talk about, I don't know. Uh, what makes the most sense like how did you grow up in Haiti how did that work so mm-hmm. so instead of saying oh well and Nick this is the way I did it and this is the way it's going to be no 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 yeah, exactly instead yeah. it's Anik, tell me more about your upbringing 
why did you believe this? Why did you believe that? Why is that important to you? I think that's a good way of starting the conversation with people who want to think in gray. But there's also another part of that. What do we do with the people that don't want to think in gray, that only want to think in black and white? Mm-hmm. My recommendation is if it is impossible to have a conversation with them, you need to let them go. Okay. I know this is hard. It's not yeah. easy. Like in my case, I mean, I didn't talk to my dad for a long time. It was challenging. But I think the key is if someone isn't willing to have a conversation about the gray, and luckily for us, we get to pick our partner and our friends. So at least we have control over that. But yeah. for the family, it's the only thing we don't get to pick. I got lucky with mine, fortunately for me. But for there's some people, like I give an example. One of the co-founders of... Um, what is yes theory it's like a very popular youtube channel uh, like with six million subscribers uh, there's a guy named amar and his dad literally told him if you keep doing this youtube channel I, i'll disown you wow right? like it's really and and his his dad disowned him like mm-hmm. it was really it was really horrible um and in that situation the conversation isn't possible i don't think that's most people i think that's maybe I know, i'm gonna use a number here i don't think it's everybody that's probably mm-hmm. less than 10 percent or 20 percent of situations But I'd say in most cases, you want to do two things. One is open-ended questions. Why do you believe this, mom? Why did you think this? Why did you evolve to be this way? And then you could find the gaps in their thinking and try and correct it. But the second thing that's very important is mirroring. So mirroring means that you mirror the tone of how the other person is speaking. See, my mother's a very petite, small, shy woman. I don't yell at her. That's not nice. That's not kind. She closes off really quickly. In the same way, when I'm speaking to you right now, Nick, you're someone who's a bit more introverted. You have a bit more low vocal variety. So I'm matching it. But if you've seen my videos, you probably realize that I'm a lot more energetic when I talk. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm sure as I, I talk, you kind of feel like, wow, Brendan's talking to me in such a way that I, it makes me feel like he understands me, right? We'll so, yeah. <laughs> right. So this is what we call um, this is what we call this idea of mirroring the energy. So I'll give an example to demonstrate this. So let's say you're a therapist, right? Two people come into your. So let's say we're both therapists and two clients come in. So client one comes up to you and goes, "Anik, I don't know if I can do this. This doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know what I'm going to believe in. I don't know if this is going to work." And then you as the therapist need to mirror that energy. You're going to look at them and say, well, of course you can do this. Or you wouldn't be in my office if you wouldn't be able to do this anyways. And then the other person says, wow, Anik understands me. I think I can work with her. I think I can do business with Brendan. I think this person gets me. But the opposite is also true. Hey, um, Anik, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, I've been feeling depressed a lot lately. I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm also really scared of public speaking. You know, this thing is really frightful for me. I don't know what to do. So when you reply, you would say something like, well, you know, when I was a kid, I used mm-hmm. to struggle a lot with communication too. How about we do a couple of exercises and see where it goes? It's all about mirroring the energy. So the key is as the immigrant kid who is listening, which is assuming is the case for most of us, Mm-hmm. We need to take the initiative because our parents did not learn these skills. And I'm sure mm-hmm. I can speak on behalf of pretty much all men in yeah. the last generation. They were not taught how to deal with their emotions. So they mm-hmm. would let them out in a very aggressive, direct way. And obviously, as you can tell from me, I'm a, I'm a bit more of a woke man because I learned that skill because I, I immigrated to a modern society. So mm-hmm. I, I think the key here is we need to take the initiative, not let it on our parents. We need to take the responsibility, the initiative to say, I want to communicate to you in a new way. And if you're, if you're going to reciprocate, 
then let's have a conversation. It just happened to be the case with my mom, and now we have a pretty awesome relationship. That's really amazing. Like I'm learning so much from that podcast, and I really did not know the mirroring part. That was amazing. Like even the opposite. Like if someone is coming with a lot of energy, I have to like stick with this. Basically, I have to also I have to also get that big energy as well so that's amazing so um great so i guess if you want to talk about your youtube channel more like do you do any specific things um on your youtube channel is it just about like business or do you give like skills like that tips like that i should say sorry yeah for sure absolutely no nothing to apologize for i think i think the idea for the context of the show that i really want to push here is is communication is everything Right. Communication isn't just uh, the speech that you give in front of a thousand people or 50 people at work. It's the conversations you have with your immigrant parents. It's the conversations you have with the, the person you're going to end up spending your life with. It's the conversations you have with your kids. It's the conversations you have with your friends. It's everything. So my advice is to prioritize it. Because it'll just make your life so much easier. I think a lot of disagreement, not just in immigrant situations, but just in life, doesn't come from two people who are bad people. Because uh, I honestly think most human beings are generally well-intentioned. I think the issue stems from miscommunication. So if we get into a fight, Anik, the issue isn't um, you're wrong and I'm right or I'm wrong or you're wrong. It's I actually didn't understand what you said in the same way you didn't understand me. So how about we use better language so we can be clearer with what the person is saying? I think that's the middle ground that 99% of people don't think about. So I, my hope is through the YouTube videos where I do cover things like that. I hope you can learn all of that stuff for free and uh, apply it in your life. And the YouTube channel, for those who want to check that out, is Master Talk in One Word. And if you want to send me a message and connect with me personally, that's on Instagram. You can message me at Master Your Talk. Awesome. So thank you so much, Brendan, for uh, the podcast today. And then everybody, please go follow him. It's amazing. And even myself, I'm going to continue watching your videos. I check some of them and uh, I'm learning so much. It's amazing. Thank you. Of course, my pleasure. <laughs>